The Dems are looking for their Reichstag fire. Joe Kennedy, a 53-year-old high school football coach from my home state of Bremerton, Washington, was fired, as you guys might remember, for praying at the 50-yard line of a government school, has returned to the field after winning his case in the Supreme Court. And once again, we have a choice. We can trust God in the midst of challenging circumstances as we remind the rising generation what it took the Israelites' expulsion and sorrow to learn. Everything belongs to God. This is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at the Off the Bench podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, wow, you guys, uh, what a time to be alive. You know, I keep saying this here at the show, and I mean it every single time I come on. I mean it more and more and more. Are you guys following what's happening with the Department of Justice? I'm going to link back to a couple of articles for you in the show notes today. But I find it fascinating that the Department of Justice under Joe Biden, who is easily, I think, the most corrupt president that we've ever had in our lifetime, is down here absolutely wreaking havoc in our judicial system by abusing the authority of the federal government. So you guys might remember this story, but they're trying to bury it a little bit. One thing I really like about following the Daily Wire is they tend to follow up on these kinds of stories. And on August 8th, they uh, investigated what was happening in Virginia at school board meetings as the Biden administration has cited, quote, community tensions as an excuse to mediate school districts adoption of Governor Youngkin's trans policies. So here now comes the Department of Justice going, oh, man, we got a problem. We got there's a problem. There's a problem. Don't worry, guys. We're here to help. We need to come in and just start regulating these guys and start mediating where they're actually not wanted at all. The Biden administration's Department of Justice, and we saw this with school board meetings as uh, parents who wanted to understand what was happening at their local public schools were deemed domestic terrorists by the Biden administration. Now they're moving to insert themselves into the Virginia fight over Republican governors Glenn Youngkin's proposed transgender policies, writing to local school board members to offer the federal government's, quote, services in conflict resolution ahead of the vote over whether or not to adopt the proposals. Now, this is happening because tensions are absolutely growing in Roanoke, Virginia, as they are in Seattle, Washington and Portland, Oregon, all across the United States, as parents are rightfully being uh, concerned and they're starting to show up to these school board meetings to say, hey, what the heck is going on? Why are you guys teaching transgenderism to our children? Why is there rapid onset gender dysphoria? Why are you injecting LGBTQ ideology into kindergarten uh, reading lessons? Why are you doing that? And so the Biden administration's trying to get in there and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We see things are escalating. We want to help you. And just the other day, and I think this is super great, the headline uh, is reading now that the Virginia board has rejected their uh, bid to mediate its deliberations on their trans policy. Now, keep in mind, the DOJ has attempted to intervene only after two activist leftists were arrested protesting a school board meeting. And so what the left is actively doing now is they're sending what can only be called domestic terrorists to these organizations, to these school board meetings and places like that. And what do they do? They scream, trans lives matter. Over the uh, over the other speakers, they don't want anybody else's voice to be heard. And so the Biden administration is going, hey, 
we got a problem here and uh, we can see that you guys need our help. We can see this is out of control. So we're going to come in and just regulate it for you. And the citizens of Virginia deserve better than this. It is my observation as I'm watching what's happening in our country right now that the left, which is growing increasingly intolerant, I find it absolutely amusing that the left would say, oh, we're, we're interested in tolerance. Guys, they're not interested in tolerance. They're interested in absolute 100% total capitulation. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but the Nazis rose to power in Germany during the 1920s, and they also took advantage of their circumstances. They used propaganda. They used Hitler's relationship with uh, his with particular leaders inside of his organization to appeal to different groups and increase their popularity. And I want you to pay close attention to what the Democrats are doing right now as it relates to history, because on February 27th of 1933, the Reichstag building, which was home to the German parliament, was burned down. Now, the communists were blamed for the fire. Why? Because a Dutch communist was found in the building as it burned. And then what did Hitler do? He used the fire to the Nazi party's advantage in several ways. The first way he did it was by expelling the communists from parliament and imprisoning many communist leaders. And of course, this stopped them from campaigning prior to the March elections. Watch what's happening in our government right now. Right. We just heard that Trump's trial is being set for Super Tuesday right ahead of the elections. We're hearing now the propaganda coming out of the mainstream media and the legacy media and all these criminals that are uh, that have been given microphones in this country. And so what they're saying now is, hey, we're, we're thinking about locking you guys down again. They're using the power of fear and of people who are disruptors to come in and say, oh, hey, looks like you need our help. Uh, The other thing that Hitler did was announce that the country was in danger from the communists during the election campaign. And this encouraged many people to vote for the Nazis who were seen as anti-communist. I promise you, you guys, this is straight out of the playbook of the Democrats. We're seeing it again. Hindenburg ultimately declared a state of emergency using Article 48 of the Weimar Constitution. And then this resulted in newspapers being censored and personal letters and phone calls being checked. This was seen as the start of the end of democracy in Germany. And as I survey the territory and I see what's happening in our country right now, particularly as I'm watching what's going on right here in Virginia, as the school boards are basically having to say to the Biden administration, no, dude, sit down. Uh, We got this. Watch what's happening because they are going to inject fear, which is what they're doing. They're saying, hey, it looks like you guys have tensions you know, let us come in and help you. They're going to inject fear in the form of a, of, a, of another uh, so-called pandemic. They're going to try, I guarantee it, to bring back lockdowns as early as October or November. You're going to start to see mask mandates coming back. And the only way to fight against this is to be sure and speak up for the truth. Because what happened in Nazi Germany is really something we should be learning from. Both of the actions that Hitler took helped the Nazis to win more seats in their election on March 5th of 1933 and increased their share of the vote from 33% to 43%. And this gave them and their allies, the German National People's Party, a majority of 52%. The Reichstag fire was so beneficial to the Nazis that it has been suggested that they started it themselves. Uh, I think it's really fascinating to look into history because, you know, they say if we don't understand history, if we don't study history, we're destined to repeat it. And it wouldn't surprise me at all at this point in our nation's history 
if we start repeating things that have happened in other countries around the world. I found an interesting article uh, at bbc.co.uk, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But I, as I'm as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking so much of what we see happen in the United States right now, and so much of what we see going on around the world, we really can trace it to things that we've already seen before. And so we need discernment. We need to know absolutely that uh, that we're praying for open hearts and open minds and that we are speaking up for truth, that we reject this idea of subjective truth and we realize and begin to speak in defense of truth because the only answer to a bold lie is bold truth. Listen, everybody knows. So all this fight over trans rights, whatever, Dylan Mulvaney and all these weirdos that are causing uh, Bud Light to be absolutely irrelevant in the beer market. Everybody knows that there's no such thing as a man who can become a woman. Everybody knows this. And yet we have been silenced. We've been told that we're not allowed to tell the truth. And if we do, we're going to be called domestic terrorists and everything else under the sun. And you guys, we got to do better than this. We've got to do better than this. I've got a great story for you out of Washington State. A former Marine, uh, Joe Kennedy, has fought his way all the way to the Supreme Court where he won his case in the month of June, six to three, which, you know, honestly, that should worry you a little bit. One wrong move on the Supreme Court, and I think our freedoms are going to be in huge trouble. But I think this is a fantastic story. Uh, uh, Coach Kennedy, who was fired for praying at the 50-yard line, is going to be going back to work. And I, for one, am excited to see it. I read this article in the New York Post. I'll link back to it for you in the show notes today. But this has been going on for a long time now, eight years Eight years ago, they said, you can't pray on a public space. You can't pray anywhere on the field. And he knew that this was wrong. Anybody ever heard of the First Amendment? Well, Joe Kennedy absolutely did. And when they fired him, they messed with the wrong Marine. And he he's quoted as saying, and this is I love this. He said, clearly, they didn't want me to pray. And it made me bristle as a Marine. I fought for our freedoms, including the First Amendment. I fought for us to have that right. And uh, he he took him all the way to the Supreme Court and he won. And I think, man, what an incredible deal. You're going to hear more about this in the days to come because he's back uh, on the job. But his first game is coming up. I want to say it might even be this Friday. So uh, check it out. I'm excited for this guy. Excited for freedom. I'm excited for uh, his students to actually see somebody fight for what's right and win. And this is pretty this is a, a pretty exciting thing. So I'll link back to a couple of articles about this in the show notes today. But I'd encourage you, you know, pray for what's happening here in Washington state and pray for this coach and pray for his students. Uh, I want you to hear a little bit about what Coach Kennedy said. Take a listen. Back on the field for the first time Wednesday in eight years. I wish I could say that it was easy. Um, You know, looking back, it's been a long road and many heartbreaking years. But, you know, it's great that it it's finally worked out, but it's been tough. Everybody that's been supporting me and praying for me across the United States, I mean, that was millions of people. That's what kept me going and and kept me in this fight. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By now, you guys know my grave concern for the future of our country that is basically at risk because our public high schools and our universities are pushing communism and socialism as if they were beneficial to the nation. If you want to teach your students how to defend the history of this country, we've got a great opportunity for you. You can learn from a teacher who has founded a college that rivals the Ivy League's an activist who has fought to protect religious freedom, and a lawyer who's argued before the Supreme Court and won. Michael Ferris brings his knowledge and expertise working within the American political and legal systems right into your home in a brand new 30-week course designed for high school students. The lectures are packed with personal stories and thoughtful questions from the seasoned expert, and your students will form a thoughtful stance on the American ideals this country was founded upon and leave with the tools to defend that stance. Pre-enroll by August 15th with the promo code HEIDI to participate in live Q&As with Mike Ferris. Remember, there are co-op and single household options available. This is fully online and it's self-paced. Content for the fall semester releases August 3rd, and Unit 1 is available for free when you create an account at Lumen.com. That's L-U-M-I-N-N.com. And don't forget, use the coupon code HEIDI15, that's H-E-I-D-I-1-5, by August 15th to save 15%. So even though there are a lot of things happening in the culture right now that seem frustrated, I know a lot of you are um, maybe even scared. We hear, you know, headlines all the time, people telling us about lockdowns and all the things. And, you know, we see clearly what the Biden administration is trying to do with the unlawful prosecution of uh, Donald Trump. We absolutely every American uh, that's not like drinking the liberal Kool-Aid knows this is a totally politically motivated witch hunt. Uh, and I frankly hope that it encourages people to support what's happening uh, in, in terms of supporting Donald Trump. And I've told you guys before, there's a lot of things that he has uh, said and done as a president that I really appreciate. I'd like to see him grow up a little bit when it turn, you know, comes to the way he's talking to people. You heard me talk about this with uh, my friend Mark Sherwood on the show the other day. I was disappointed with Tucker Carlson's interview it seemed like a bunch of, you know, fourth grade boys on the schoolyard talking about whether or not Jeffrey Epstein killed himself and whether or not they liked a particular uh, reporter. I was really disappointed. I'm like, guys, the world's on fire. Can we talk about the actual issues of the country? But instead, they wanted to act like, you know, school children, which is frankly part of what has gotten Trump in trouble in the first place. Not to the degree that he is getting from the Biden administration, but I am just you guys, we got to do better than this. We got to start talking about what's happening in the country with a level of seriousness that it deserves. And what we're seeing happen from the Department of Justice right now and from the wicked Biden crime syndicate that somehow ascended to the White House, we've got issues in this country from sunup to sundown. And I keep thinking as I've been you know, reading and kind of talking to you guys about here at the show, the United States has really entered into what I think is an exile. 
And I believe that that's happened because we have a turned our back against God. We took him out of our schools, our churches. Many of our churches uh, are corrupt. I heard uh, Sean Foyt do a Facebook live the other day. I just happened to uh, catch it. And he was saying that we're going to get some really upsetting and possibly devastating news out of the Christian music industry. Listen, if the word Christian and industry have to go together, we've already got problems. Christianity is about a walk with Christ. Christianity is about accepting that we all are sinners in need of a savior. And we recognize that Christ died for our sins. And it's a constant struggle that we have as human beings to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. That is what the Christian life is about. And as I've surveyed the territory of the of the uh, the modern church in the United States, I think this is absolutely true in Europe and around the world. We find a lukewarm church at best and a corrupt church at worst. And we saw this this play out in the New Testament. We certainly saw it in the Old Testament when the Israelites just had a heck of a hard time just obeying God in the first place. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai and what do the Israelites do? They build themselves a golden calf. God is serious about sin. And he wants us to give him the credit. He wants us to walk with him. God lays out uh, rules for living, insight for living, not for our, uh, not to hurt us, but for our benefit. And in the book of Isaiah, I was reading in Isaiah 26, I believe it is. Yes, 26 this morning. And from Isaiah chapters 24 to 27, you can see the Israelites uh, giving praise to God for his future victories over their enemies and the final deliverance for Israel in the day of the Lord. And so they're looking for that deliverance. But in the meantime, these guys are living in, uh, they're living in exile. And in verse 11, it says, Lord, they pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness to defend your people. Then they will be ashamed. Uh, they then let your fire consume your enemies. So the wicked who are blind to God's authority and imminent judgment upon them is going to be conscious of his compassion for Israel. So in verse 11 in chapter 26, it says, Oh Lord, they pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them the e- your eagerness to defend your people. Then they'll be ashamed. Let your fire consume your enemies. Here you have the Israelites begging God for justice, saying to him, listen, God, show yourself faithful. In verse 12, Lord, you will grant us peace for all that we have accomplished really is from you. Bam, now you got the problem. Now they're finally addressing the problem. They're going, everything that we have belongs to you. Every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no no shifting shadow. There is no variation, no change. Every good thing that we have, we have because of God and we should be giving it to God. That's our schools. It's our government. It's our families. It's our marriages. It's our work. It's everything that we do. The Bible says, do it all to the glory of God. We're getting ready next week to do the dedication for the building here, which I'm you know, very, very excited about. And the theme verse for this new season here at Firmly Planted Family comes out of Isaiah 26, the last part of verse 12, and basically says, Lord, everything that we have accomplished is because of you. Everything that we've accomplished is because of you. And it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Within, with uh, the United States in the precarious position that it's in, could it be that it has something to do with the fact that we've decided that everything that we have, we did, that our freedom came just from us, that our constitution was just a man-made document, that God didn't breathe on it, that he didn't bless it, that our First Amendment, our Second Amendment freedoms, everything that we have in this country is because of the Lord. Every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father. 
And we need to be teaching our children to give credit where credit is due, starting our days by saying, Lord, everything that we have today belongs to you. Our money belongs to you. Our time belongs to you. Our children belong to you. It all belongs to you. In verse 13, they go on to lament even more. Lord, others have ruled over us, but you alone are the one we worship. And they're saying the Israelites, of course, uh, their immediate future is looking pretty bleak, but they understand that God can bring about change. They're living in extremely frustrating circumstances, but their eyes again are pointing back to the Lord. They're saying, Lord, everything that we've accomplished is really from you. The beginning of verse 12, Lord, you will grant us peace. You will grant us peace. They're recognized it's not gonna come from a human being. Our confidence is placed in you. And we know that when we put confidence in the Lord, our nation will prosper again. That's why it's so important, you guys, that we ask the Lord, Lord, raise up good and godly men and women to be leaders in this country, good and godly men and women to take positions of leadership in our schools, godly men to again lead in our churches from the pulpits. Verse 13, Lord, others have ruled over us. uh, Israel's history, by the way, full of seasons, entire generations where they had been dominated by foreign influence. And should that happen here in the United States, we can learn a lesson from the Israelites again. And that's to turn our eyes heavenward. I talked to the young mom last week who was saying that she didn't know if she and her husband would want to have children. But the Bible tells us exactly how we should respond in the midst of an exile, that we should have children, that we should plant vineyards, that we should pray for the peace and the prosperity of the place in which God has put us, because if it prospers, we prosper. So no matter what happens in the Biden crime syndicate, no matter what happens with the uh, the panic porn that they're pushing out now into the mainstream media, you guys keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The Bible teaches us that we are not to fear, but we are to trust in the Lord because he is the only one who's worthy of that trust. And it is God who will ultimately bring healing and hope to this nation. So I'm excited about what's happening in Bremerton, Washington. My prayers are with uh, Coach Kennedy as he again is getting ready to take the field at Friday Night Lights. And it's something you guys can be praising the Lord for. So pray for him. Continue to pray for our country. Pray for wisdom, for discernment, and for righteousness in our government. You guys, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast today. I'd love to hear from you. You can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday and leave a comment or a question and I will address it at the show. Remember, please keep those comments short and sweet and to the point. For the rest of you, I hope I see you tonight uh, at La Uva Fortuna in Battleground, Washington for the launch of my brand new book. And you can find out more by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. And that event starts tonight at 630. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith 